Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. listen. Now, live from Chicago, the Hal Sparks radio program mega worldwide. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Hal Sparks, actor, comedian, and multimedia personality. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Hal Sparks. All right, let's do this. Okay, wait, wait for it. Wait for it, Johnny Million. Not yet. Not yet. Not uh, timing. Now, some people ask me occasionally, what is the key to comedy, Hal? And uh, one particular person asked me that three years, seven months, five days and 13 hours and five minutes ago. And uh, uh, that was the perfect time to answer the question in the funniest way possible. Hopefully they're listening. And uh, it's been a while. You know, if you get it, you get it. Um, And I I would argue that, um, excuse me, I have a cat here. Um, I would argue that uh, timing isn't just important in comedy. Oh, no. I would argue, uh, you would say as a musician, I'm a musician as well. uh, Johnny Million is a musician. Johnny, uh, you would, I would believe, say the timing is crucial. Oh, very crucial. It's better to have feel than than shred. Mm -hmm. That's right. There you go. So timing when you hit the notes, almost as important as which note is hit. <laughs> um, and look at uh, that. John Schultz just did a super chat and said, how watches right wing lunatics so we don't have to. That's exactly right. That is uh, that is currently my gig, people. Yeah. So um, timing also very important, I would guess, in politics. Right. Probably. Sometimes sometimes a policy that would have won you support before a certain other event will lose you support after that event, not for any reasons that have to do with the policy or even you as a politician, but simply because the tide has changed or people have a different attitude about an idea temporarily. You might even wait six months and then it'll go back to the other way it was and your timing. If you announce something, then would be fine. Are you talking about your stance on prohibition, Hal? Um, yes, as, as the last living teetotaler in the world that isn't um, forced by his religion to participate in something, who just does it for the for the sheer joy of it. Um, maybe perhaps. I, yes, I have been. Um, I, but I believe only in, in terms of alcohol prohibition. I only believe in very localized prohibition. Sure, right. Yeah, Start, extremely yeah, micro starts prohibition. starts in your mouth and. And ends at, I suppose, wherever it comes out um, in whatever capacity. So uh, whether you sweat it out or it ends up in a urinal, it's between you and your urinal, I think, is the decision-making process. Yep. That said, thank you, John Schultz, for the super chat. Awesome. Um, timing is also crucial in uh, the awareness of, let's say, a threat is possible, right? Mm. And you're trying to... Um, you know, the, the, the Biden administration has been struggling with a couple of these things, trying to do a reset with uh, Russia and Iran early in the presidency, trying to stabilize with them, give them one last chance on the merry-go-round of, you know, friendly ties. Let's do this. We'll, we'll let you see with that, uh, that Nord Stream. What are you going to do with that Nord Stream? Oh, you're going to do terrible things. Never mind. Okay, we're done. The uh, Iran, one, one more shot at the at the, the deal to not make nukes and be able to trade? No? Mm-hmm. You're just going to keep sponsoring terror and trying to kill everybody? Okay, well, pass. At least we gave you that one last chance, right? Yeah. The timing of it, you know, uh, can be used as political fodder against him. 
you know, and has been, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Trump that I totally shut down the pipeline and you never even heard of the pipeline. You ever heard of Nord Stream? What it means is Nord Stream 2 because Nord Stream 1 was already in existence and Nord Stream 2 was just a I never really went to it. Nord Stream. Sometimes I go to Nord Stream Rack. Yeah, that's true. Well, you know, uh, that works with you and I both because we have one arm longer than the other. And so <laughs> outlet stores are designed for me. Right also, on. one more second. Timing. Um, a friend of his, <laughs> that guy asked me a couple of minutes later. And that happened earlier. Anyway, so oh so we w- we know very well. And welcome to the show, by the way. You're listening to Hell's Barge Radio Program, Mega Worldwide, now with 100% more Johnny Million. And oh my God, Hal Vickery, thank you with the uh, uh, super chat. Your timing is impeccable. M- me thinks you, she does protest too much. Um, <clears throat> but uh, so the we know that Donald Trump has terrible timing. Um, oh, wait, somebody's some looking his- for your Venmo thingy, Hal. I'm sorry to jump in, but where's your uh, where's your QR code? Oh, it's not. It is not uh, popped up on this particular scene. I will put it in. I at some yeah, point I apologize. Vanishes on me yeah. too all the time. Yeah, yeah. I'll, it's it's a. I'll I will get it up in the show at some point, and we'll be able to do it. Now, here's the thing: Donald Trump, for those of you who don't remember, um, started just jettisoning anything in his first year and a half in office that had Obama's name attached to it um, yep. and that he that couldn't co-opt, by the way. Yeah, but he co-opted the uh, VA Choice Act of 2014, claimed it as his own, said he signed it into existence, that they've been trying to do it forever and were unable to do it, even though it was signed into law by Barack Obama in 2014. And, uh, and, and he gets to sign updates to it like every president would, because they have to, you know, it's, you have to review it, extend it, add on to it. It has provisions within it to do that. And he thinks that because he did the rubber stamp regular work of being a president that he invented it. It's it's fantastic. But the rest of the stuff, he was just kicking to the curb, right? Two of those things almost at the exact same time. The COPS program, which the Obama-Biden White House had put in place so that it would help states and counties and municipalities who are trying to get rid of bad cops to be able to do that without having to scuttle their entire police force in the process or throw the whole thing into chaos. You know, you could, if you have some bad apples, you can pluck those bad apples out and chuck them. And that was, uh, you know, crucially, had it been in place when uh, George Floyd was taken from this earth, the person who uh, he may he may still be alive and the person who did it may have never even made it to that point. They, they met, would have never met up at that particular junction in time. Um, the other one was, of course, the pandemic response team. And curiously enough, to, almost two years to the day of him removing both of these programs, here comes this bus that any idiot could have seen coming down the highway and smacks into the American people at the same time. So we got the George Floyd riots and the horrible response to the pandemic, including, by the way, Operation Fart Steed. I'm sorry, Operation Warp Speed, which is his program, uh, apparently, to make all of his supporters constantly aware of their own paranoid feelings that the vaccine was rushed. When you have in your own electorate, right? 
That if their biggest so worry. he's decided that the benefit of getting the vaccine to the public is not good enough. Now he has to say like, "Eh, careful." I don't know if that was in the oven long enough. Right. Well, he he points out regularly that this was done at a at a completely unsafe speed in terms of how you feel. Warp speed technology we don't have. That literally the irony of that particular name for the vaccine process is. You know, part and parcel to why his own followers were more likely to die from COVID than Democrats or, I suppose, centrist independents or anybody else who isn't a a maggot in particular, because they felt like it was rushed. They were worried. There weren't enough tests done. This is all these thoughts. And I can't imagine why people um, whose whose God King, you know, bloviating circus peanut with uh, with fiberglass for hair. Um, wow. Calling his thing warp speed would make them feel that way. But he did both of those things. And never mind all the other things he did with COVID that were a mess. He did both of those at the both those things hit at the same time. And you could track them two years earlier to look, if you undo these things, there's going to be consequences. And yeah. the amazing timing of the of Donald Trump's life as a long term loser who. I don't know how he does it, but he manages to take to he manages to cross the streams on everything. Somehow he's he he will he he's like a rake seeking missile. He just like he just will you know, it's like juggernaut just walking in one direction and he will not stop until he hits a rake and then he will turn. Juggernaut is so much cooler than I thought he was. Do what? Juggernaut. Oh, Juggernaut? Yeah, no, he's a, 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 I mean, it's, you know, somewhere between Terminator and a, and a psychotic murderer who can't be stopped. Yeah. It's a terrible, terrible thing. But anyways, uh, read the Madam Web uh, Spider-Man comics. You'll see what I mean. But point being is that Donald Trump has made yet another <laughs> horrible mistake in letting his ego choose the timing of what he want of something he wants to happen and has wound the key in his own back and set himself marching towards a terrible rake. Oh no. And I, and I'm going to tell you about it right after the break. Uh, it's the house Marks radio program, mega worldwide on WCPT radio, Chicago's progressive talk, like subscribe, go to infotainmentwars.com. Patreon.com slash house Sparks is our way of uh, staying on the air. And of course, you yeah. can buy nice merch like my Motang shirt, which, if you don't know... Or my Johnny you, Million you hoodie. There you go. I want one. We'll be back. WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk, where facts matter. Welcome back to the House Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. All right. If you've had the, un, the misfortune... Uh, of of being in a situation where you've had to hear one or more of uh, Donald Trump's speeches in Iowa or New Hampshire about why people in Iowa and New Hampshire should vote for him. Number one is uh, his primary one, apparently, is I bribed you with money after I wrecked your entire livelihood in my tariff war with China to get to end up getting nothing from it. Let's let me. Let me put this in terms people can understand. The Trump trade deal with China 
was the Speaker Mike Johnson of trade deals. You, they, he went from the nothing to nothing. Same thing. It, it didn't pay off. It was a big, tumultuous to-do. Um, it was a mess. And it cost a lot of farmers their livelihoods. So one of the ways he was trying to get himself out of that hole was to effectively bribe them. And there's an argument to be made that he negotiated with China in the devaluation of their currency and a bunch of other things to basically like feed him some money so that he could give it to farmers in this process while they worked this out. And they were like, if you give us this other stuff later, which is military hardware, which he was looking the other way on, we'll get over this agricultural thing with you. Never mind the fact that, and I don't know how everyone in his cabinet seemed to miss this point, is that China imports 80% of their foodstuffs. They have 14% of their farmland is still functioning. They need every grain of of wheat and and every rice, every piece of rice they could find, they desperately need it. So the idea that they're going to buy a certain amount is just a foregone conclusion. So the idea to, of muscling them into buying more is just dumb. So that whole process happening, that was the Could one big thing. Hear he'll like, I sneeze from across the house. <laughs> Could you hear her? No, I didn't hear it. Oh, it was amazing. Was it? Is, is yeah, it she'll sneeze like fifteen times in a row. I feel bad for. Her. Is it a? Is it a like a high pitched situation? It's a strange or sneeze. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah mine, mine sound like a cab misfiring. Um, there's, it's, it's the butchest thing cute. about. I remember. Thanks. So the, <laughs> so number one Thanks. is number one reason for Iowa and why they should vote for him is you're all farmers. You bunch of you bunch of hay seeds. <laughs> and you and, uh, hey, and I, I bribed you dummies. So yep. you owe me. That's it. Like I bought your vote with twenty eight billion dollars. It is the most crass political. Like talk about say the quiet part loud. The other reason he says, and he says this in New Hampshire, and he says it in uh, in Iowa. First in the nation. I made you first and I kept your first in the nation status. It's a tradition. It's many people say it's a tradition and it's a, you know, it's a tradition that you say. So I kept that first nation status, first in the nation status. And I'm going to keep that first in the nation status. As long as Trump, I'm your president. I remember to kept you guys first in the nation. <clears throat> well, guess what, dummy? Um, this Monday, the temperature in Iowa is going to be. It's predicted at negative 17 degrees. Jeez, and, crow. Yeah. And the Trump campaign is scrambling to pick up the slack because, interestingly enough, uh, for uh, people to show up at the caucuses, because oddly enough, uh, DeSantis and the people who are leaning towards Nikki Haley live closer to town. They're the kind of folks <laughs> who have businesses and live somewhere close to town. They live in town. They have relatively normal businesses. They, you know, work at Ford, manage a target. They, you know, work downtown in, you know, in Des Moines or something like that. And Trump's largely Trump's biggest caucus supporters live in the sticks. They live in the flatlands. They live out where it's like and we've done those drives, Johnny Million, you and oh, I. Yeah. Have been many times driven those guys and his supporters live out in those places. And yeah. so their trek to the caucus, uh, at least a third of his supporters 
are uh, uh, might get snowed in. Um, and, yeah. And there's a big panic going on. And this all boils down to Donald Trump wanting to have the bragging rights to the first in the nation status that they're giving. The picture in this Associated Press article That's not is good. glorious. It looks like it looks like a town in Oskaloosa, Iowa, like struck an iceberg. Yeah. Yeah. That looks rough. And yeah. The, it, they're talking about negative uh, 25. To, you know, somebody in the chat room was saying negative 33 with the wind chill. Oh, my God. During the caucuses. Because, again, in this situation, I'm just saying. And New Hampshire's, you know, it's it's just as cold there, too. And I got to tell you. I think there's kind of something smart to in a month's long process, something that can take weeks and weeks to get through all the primaries. Maybe just maybe since it starts in winter, start in the areas that have the least amount of winter and then follow the thaw, as it were, <laughs> that that it might be better for the folks in that region to be last in the process. Maybe one day it'll be like, <laughs> right, nail it down at the tail end of it. You know, everybody counts on those last few votes and, oh, they're scrambling for them and it means a lot. So best for last, New Hampshire and, and Iowa or something. And we start in New Mexico and, and Nevada and California and, and, and Oregon, even though, Again, uh, the western part of Oregon, the western part of Washington state, where the Democrats are favored and and uh, I guess maybe more centrist Republicans would be. Um, again, they their weather's fine, but the eastern parts of those states are being hit by the same stuff that's making it negative 75 in North Dakota. Um, so anyways, another example, if I may, of the absolute crap tr- timing of Donald John Trump. Uh, if, if there's a situation where he can fail on the merits, he'll do it. If there's a situation where he can fail on He's got that down. Uh, yeah, right. Um, but if like if the system is weighted to even protect someone like him, which it always has been, you know, uh, like rich New Yorkers in the real estate market have always been had this this bubble around them because quite frankly, to boost this, they have the same problem in New York that they have in London, for example, that all this sketchy money comes in. And if you're willing to partner with awful people, the LLC process will hide your secret money men. Mm-hmm. And it's the worst people that end up partnering with these guys and the worst Which really people is the, end up getting ahead. It really is such a huge part of like why we are still hearing about Donald Trump, because he yep. is willing to partner with the worst possible people. He is he is sold whatever you would call a soul over and over and over again. He doesn't care. He does not yeah. care. Yeah. If he could have, I, I, I guess, Trump Tower Pyongyang, he'd have it in a heartbeat. No, he doesn't care. As long as it, you know, he could fake the vacancy rate on uh, on a on a loan application for another tower. It yep. does not matter. Yeah. It, like, and, and interestingly enough, um, so He's I mean, he's we're going to get used to him losing in court for a couple of reasons. One, he deserves to. But not everybody who deserves to lose in court ultimately does. 
You know, our presumption of innocence being there. A lot of people who are guilty as hell end up not going to jail for stuff because the the preponderance of evidence has to point towards guilt and and the reasonable doubt rule does and should exist. And in civil court, you know, he can offer up watery, floaty, I was thinking something else kind of arguments in pushback against, you know, uh, his his. E. Jean Carroll case or against the, you know, uh, the, the election workers in Georgia or something like that. Right. He right. can he can push back like that's not what I meant. I was I said a different he. And even though he's lying, it's really hard to pry that loose. And so, you know, he's it, the the courts are already leaning that way. But Donald Trump lost a a case and was ordered to pay legal fees this week. Oh, yeah, this is awesome. This is pretty awesome. And uh, and the best part about it, um, and somebody was he's can't you he's see the pay. New York Times because they told the truth that you don't like, right? And the new and you sued the New York Times, and because they were after you, which is just so weird. Like I, uh, this is a guy, by the way, who manipulated I bet those people would give anything to not think about Donald Trump. Yes, absolutely. There's so much, you know, uh, all the news that's fit to print and the stupid stories we have to print because Donald Trump is a thing. Bingo. So he has to pay $392,638 in legal free fees because his lawsuit was thrown out. Oopsies. And the grounds for his loss, I got to say, was is the best part about it. Oh, that's he a great picture nice. too. Oh yeah, totally with his hair flying up like a like the bill cap of a like a, a podunk hat. Like <laughs> yeah, it looks it. like he's really he really broke in that hat, you know, he's got the bill nice and rounded. Yeah, you got the you bill know? and you just flap it up top and go um that's his uh, rally cap. Yeah. Well, you know what I think it is is a bypass line. <laughs> you know what I mean like that. So it's all ball bearings these days. Hey. Um so the best part about this is not the money that he has to pay, which he does not have. And he will, nope. you know, uh, you know, he's going to he has to do it. There's, I don't think he's going to be able to appeal this because he lost the case was thrown out. So this ruling, you know, it, like if, if you lost on the merits and it wasn't worthwhile in the first place and was seen to be frivolous and a waste of everyone's time. There's, there's no way you go at another go for another bite at the apple with legal fees without getting court costs thrown in. Right. So, but the best part about it, the judge deemed uh, that the reporting from the New York Times was protected by the First Amendment. That's right. Yes. In a God, right? In like in an absolute like again, like break stomp. It was like that paper towel ad. I can't seem to escape. Um, Paper towel ad. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> That's a little scary, but also a little adorable. So, um, sorry, I'll lighten up. That's much better. Um, yeah. yeah. So, the, the fact that he, that Donald Trump has to pay legal fees for a frivolous case that he filed to violate the First Amendment, to mm-hmm. attempt to deny. A, an American newspaper, their First Amendment rights. I mean, come on. This, you know, had to, some of the, yep. the timing was just 
while these guys are wailing about cancel culture and the cancel cancel culture, here he comes to try and violate the First Amendment, and it and it costs him uh, almost a year of presidential salary. Boy, I yeah, bet he's wishing he kept it now. Which yeah, they did. really don't get it. Like they they think nope. that between the first and the fifth, or no, the first and the second, that they are golden. And it's just not yeah. the case. They they don't nope. like the ramifications of, of most of those things. Not at all. Yeah. Uh, we got to take a break. When we come back, uh, more of uh, Johnny Millions remarks. I don't want to cut him off too much because he got more to say on that. We'll be back right after this. It's the House Park Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Attention, attention, stop what you're doing. Because we're coming back to the Hal Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. Oh my God! They went a little crazy with it, and I appreciate it. Now let's get back with Hal Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. There he is. Johnny Million, ripping and tearing. trying to trigger me. Don't forget to check out It's Johnny Million on Twitch you can't YouTube. can't shut me up over there. Nope, not at all. Um, also, can I just show this chart, which I just find hysterical Ooh, yes, please. before we move on to talking about the Houthis who uh, found out this week, just for the record. Um, check this out. This is the This is the temperature. I've got a chart up on right now, and uh, uh, Johnny, I'm sure we'll see it. Uh, and it's in the it's in the show notes I gave you. Uh, this is the coldest. This is the the temperature of the Caucasus over the year. The co- the the yellow is at caucus time. The red is the the highest, and the blue is the cold uh, on the day that they had them. Right? Dang. It, this is literally this year. It is it is projected to be the lowest high. The, the the high temperature on the day is lower than the lowest temperature ever, which is in 2000. That That's, little thing right there. Good Lord. Wow. Again, Donald Trump, master of timing. Um, <laughs> now, I seriously. So um, a couple of things. The. um a lot of, uh, you know, we uh, apparently the, the State Department and the Defense Department have announced this week um, or yesterday that they have struck um, the uh, one more Houthi site, which was a radar, um, I guess, station that they hadn't hit during the other strikes they did with the UK. And by the way, the uh, the Netherlands and Australia and a bunch and basically anybody who had a ship going through the region that was sick of having their citizens fired upon randomly by these guys. Now, after the first round of strikes that the Houthis did um, there, you know, there, every article you saw was, oh, my God, this is a major escalation. Yeah. I don't know how the uh, and again, there's maybe there's some just kind of straight up uh, the the bigotry of low expectations or something that the Houthis firing on civilian ships and on military ships and at helicopters and, you know, hijacking ships and taking people hostage. Why wasn't that the, the major escalation? Cause they were not involved 
in the Israel-Gaza conflict until they started firing on civilian ships. One would think that would be that would be the escalation. It would come from their side, if I do say so myself. Now, um, that said, after they after the strikes happened, the Houthis came out. The leader of the Houthis came out and stood in front of uh, you know, his, uh, like I think the podium was actually Baghdad Bob's. I think they, he got it in the divorce, and um, he came out and he said. We will strike back and uh, we will, in a definitive way, we're not going to talk about it. We're just going to do it. And when we do it, you're going to know about it. And it's going to be, you know, terrible and terrifying and awful and and huge and will dominate and all this other stuff. Basically, it's going to be a giant slam dunk. They did respond. They fired one more missile and they fired it. Wait for it. At a Russian oil tanker. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, yeah, and they missed. But they did. They 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 fired it at a Russian oil tanker. Not a Russian oil tanker that was stopping in uh, Israel, by the way. Not one that was taking Israeli oil or, I guess, Jewish oil from someplace to someplace else. Nope. They just said, we'll show them. And they fired a missile at a Russian tanker, which I think the the U.S., one of our ships batted away, effectively, is why it didn't strike. <clears throat> that said, we struck one more place, which was the radar battery, which the assumption is, is that this is the radar battery that showed them where that ship was and therefore allowed them to target a ship as badly as they did. It's kind of generically went, oh, there's a ship there. Let's just hit it. Um, let me be abundantly clear. Um, there is no evidence whatsoever, rather than some kind of va- random blather and the printing of uh, Palestinian flags and handing them out in, in groups there, that these folks care about the Gazans at all. Um, the, the Houthis are clearly um, anti-Israel and anti-Saudi at the same time. And the reason they are in this is because... Abraham Accords aside, the Biden administration and Blinken were in the process of getting the the Saudis to start to normalize relationship with Israel over the summer. And that was one of the things that, that was the last straw. And they had to, uh, you know, join in this attack and, and they've feign this idea that they're supporting the Gazans in this by attacking, again, ships at random, 27 civilian ships and firing on the ships that were protecting them that only show up, by the way, when they call a mayday. We're not we're not riding by these oil tankers and just giving them an escort. They have to call for help. There's too many. And these folks fired on these things. Uh, and and <laughs> for the record, um. I'm 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 confused by a lot of folks who call this an escalation or even an illegal war firing on Yemen. The missiles that are striking these ships are coming from these sites in Yemen territory, but it is not from the government of Yemen. It is from the Houthis and Houthi controlled areas who are not the recognized government of Yemen. They are a terrorist organization. So the uh, the idea that you would need a declaration of war would also have to establish, literally, if you wanted to argue that there had to be a declaration of war and that Biden had to go to Congress to ask for permission to do this strike, and they've made the same argument in the UK, before you had the vote on whether or not you could do that, 
you would have to also have a vote on recognizing the Houthis as the actual government of Yemen, which wouldn't pass. And then the second vote about whether to take action would also become null and void and unnecessary because you don't. Yeah, the the authorized use of military force covers the Houthis. Exactly. That's right. Chat room. So it's the irony of it is that they would have two wasted votes. And the only people that would benefit from that process, arguably, would be the Houthis who would be able to, I guess, move some of their military positioning to other places in the interim. The idea you, you're going to call a parliament in UK on a Monday and you call in the US Congress and they'll debate it for a certain amount of time while they move their stuff out of the way of the targets. And like now, obviously, we would uh, we would probably be able to see where they're moving the stuff. But the problem is you would give them time to move it. And there's a very strong chance they would move it to more civilian areas instead of the military oh. spots that they had staked out. And that and thereby using people as human shields, which is another reason why you you don't want to give them the heads up. Um, And by the way, and then giving them the heads up after they have already fired not only on U.S. ships, but on Russian ships. They have taken uh, Japanese, Bahrainian, Ukrainians and Filipino um, merchant uh, marines hostage. They still have them. We struck the port where they're being held hostage and where their boat is. The um, So the irony is just palpable. And the, the sort of kind of blatant uh, ignorance of the uh, of certain, certain people just going, all attacks are bad if it goes against the folks that I'm kind of siding with, although I don't have a good reason to side with them. It is very odd to me mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, even in the Houthi situation, there is not sort of a Palestinian – uh, civilian equivalent, as it were. You know, we're not blockading that area. The, the Saudis would play a bigger part in that. But we struck military sites. End of story. We didn't and they didn't have time to move their stuff the way Hamas does in civilian areas and the like. It is very odd to me that some people are claiming that. That the Houthis somehow, by the way, and I showed this on my on my stream yesterday. Look up Houthis Nazi salute. And uh, you won't be disappointed. I'm just saying it, it delivers. It's not it's not it's not halfway. It's not like a picture of Laura Ingram where is she really or is she just kind of is it a dog whistle semi accidental way that she's doing it. So the right people think she's doing it, but it gives her an out. No, oh my. they're all standing yeah, in lines is. doing it. Yep. They're all standing in line doing it, yelling death to America, death to Israel, curse the Jews. And and they literally uh, use the Nazi salute because they, it's the Nazi salute. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and again, this uh, there's there's a big swath of uh, in the Middle East of uh, of an extension of that belief system. Again, if you go to Syria, uh, you can still buy Hitler stamps. You can still buy Hitler, th- like pictures of Hitler as the good guy you know, to hang in your house, like portraits of Hitler, not that weird in the Assad world in Syria. So, which is whatever, like that you don't have to, you don't have to be for everything the UK or the United States does in the Middle East or, or lack concern about possible blowback or actually have a conversation about it as you should, as a member of a democracy who has 
a, you know, a, a genuine care about human life. And stuff. But you don't have to like hang all your common sense on a, a on a wall hook every time you talk about it. Good Lord. The, the, uh, well, 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 there's there, that's a very, you know, deep hole we could go down when we come back, though. Interestingly enough, the many of the folks who uh, talk about what uh, I suppose uh, Hamas should do in relation to how Israel doesn't actually talk about Gaza, quite frankly. But, but the idea is that there's some right wingers in Netanyahu's crowd that want to ethnically cleanse Gaza and and they are at war, you know, politically with other members of the cabinet and of, of his own group and not you know it's not uniform amongst them and certainly other members of the parliament in in uh, Israel in general about whether or not that's the tack or whether it's even feasible or whether it's a good idea or whether it's moral there's a whole conversation going on there um but there's a group of people who believe that that's how they all think about it in some sort of unanimity in the Israeli government that you got to just broom everyone out of Gaza and 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 it's genocide and those kind of words were curiously enough their response is, is that that's, that's what gives um, Hamas an excuse to storm across uh, security checkpoints and uh, sexually assault women and then murder them while they're being sexually assaulted and burn babies alive and all that kind of stuff. It's just because it's, you know, in the words of Hamas, Abi uh, Cenk Uger's uh, nephew, um, the, the baby settlers are enemy combatants. Like that's a, it's bizarre, but that's the argument that they're making. On the other side of it, far, far away, oddly, for in the name of world peace, many of them are also saying that Taiwan just needs to roll over and let itself be taken over by China for world hmm. peace, for stability, that they, you know, that the idea that we support, you know, Taiwan, which is a much smaller group that is not, again, Taiwan has never been a part of uh, uh, under the CCP, never been under the Chinese Communist Party, never been uh, a part of China as it is, you know, governed now, ever, not ever. So even the idea that you're going to retake it, and they're the same people. And yet, somehow, the Taiwanese, according to these same folks, are supposed to do the opposite of what they would, I guess, arguably be giving permission uh, to, to Hamas to do on behalf of the Palestinians. Hmm. Because it because it might it might spill their tea while they're trying to drink tea there. You know, it, it's there's a lot of noise. You know, they're trying to have a conversation in Starbucks and it's very noisy outside. And that's that's their feeling towards the sort of China, Taiwan thing. Well, the Taiwanese aren't on board with that idea. And I'll tell you why after we come back. It's the House Parks Radio Program Mega Worldwide. Now on WCPT Radio Chicago's Progressive Talk, uh, AM 820. It's WCPT820.com. Yeah. And, of course, next Saturday, San Francisco, sexy liberal coming your way. We'll be back. Woo-woo. You're locked into the House Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. So, um, yesterday, uh, uh, Lai Ching-te is, uh, has become the president of Taiwan. And when we say president of Taiwan, we really mean it because he's, uh, Xi Jinping is not the president of China. He presides over the CCP. So he is the preside, he's the presiding agent of the CCP for all practical purposes. But in terms of how we view presidents, 
He is not anything like that. He's much more monarchical in his power structure. And he's he has every you know, he's, he's set it up essentially so that he can be a dictator for life. He didn't step down when he, he changed the rules once he was in there. Those are not things you can do when you are a president. Um, Taiwan has a real president. And they would have even had uh, one that was friendlier to China had they voted that person in. They didn't. Um, and this uh, there was a, a a lot of, especially on TikTok, uh, which again, ladies and gentlemen, TikTok is malware. Get it off your phone um, for a myriad of reasons. Um, but in the in the uh, over the process of this, you know, over the I guess the last few months in the lead up to this election, <clears throat> China was doing everything it could, especially on TikTok and you know in the Chinese community in Taiwan and in the United States, to try and lean them towards the idea that well, the the guy who's friendly to China and is more willing to kind of accept. Chinese control over Taiwan is he's not that bad. And he's not he's he you know, it's he's a little he's way more moderate on it than people think it didn't work. And uh, congratulations to Lai Ching to to be uh, as the new president of Taiwan, who and uh, the way Bloomberg is putting it in this article, Taiwan elects U.S. friendly president defying China's warnings. Um, first of all, does that just mean that they followed the democratic process? Yes, that just means they're they're U.S. friendly because. They're not they willing to be taken over by China. That's it. I right. mean, it's not even any. They, that doesn't mean they're going to roll over and do what we say. They, right. they definitely appreciate our our protection again, and they do have it because as much as China would like to pretend otherwise, and as much as they would like to, you know, a posture and fly over the top left hand corner of the of the airspace of China and call it a breach and. Donald Trump can go. They flew right over the island, back and forth. There are just so many planes there, and they're and they're literally just uh, transiting the uh, upper edge of the airspace. Is like, oh, you said don't touch it. I touch it. Right, I'm not touching you. Yeah, right. I'm not touching you. I'm, t- I'm pointing, but I'm not touching you. That that kind of that's the level of of their uh, sort of argument for their the strength of their military might and their resolve. Taiwan uh, came back and said, and by the way, um, they, they had three main candidates. Let's see if they can, uh, they have, I don't know if they have a graphic in this article. They have three main do candidates who are running. in Taiwan? Yes, they do. They have three separate parties. This, this is the current is party. Like that a also, labor and a conservative and a. Sort of. Um, uh, the DPP is the one that won. Um, and uh, or, let's see the, yeah. So the, I don't know that they I would I was looking for some way to kind of show it kind of in a more simple situation. But ultimately, he won with like 36 percent. The other um, two groups split like 25 and like 23 percent, something like that. And again, the group that was friendly to China ended up in a kind of Trumpian way with only about 30 percent hardcore support. Less than thirty percent, about twenty twenty six percent hardcore support for them, and even those folks, a large portion of them, were kind of arguing that he wasn't as close to China and he doesn't want Taiwan to be taken over as much as he actually does. So you mm. can argue that it was there was some more there was some soft support in there because they liked other aspects of it. But the other the other group that was competing against them as well also was more pro-democracy, pro-U.S., pro-Western um, 
I wouldn't say values, but more like political system. And again, like gay marriage is legal in Taiwan. There's a, you know, they're, they're a much more open society than China is and they want to maintain that. So even if they hadn't been all in on where the DPP was, the other party was, you know, much closer to that, you know, they minor differences and they came in effectively at a tie with the other one. So the, the, the majority of voters by far in Taiwan side with a pro-democracy um, you know, anti-China hege- hegemony kind of approach. And of course, the response was from uh, from China, the country, by the way, that has just purged, I want to say at this count, six leaders of their military, oh. um, may, including one who um, either did himself in or was tortured to death but of course, the only reason he did himself in was because he, like he had been tortured. He was tortured so badly he knew he would never walk or speak correctly. So they gave him an opportunity. I mean, horrifying. Jesus, horrifying. Now, why? Why did they purge? Why did Xi Jinping purge six or more members of the, effectively their Pentagon? Well, one of the big reasons is because it was just found out that a lot of their long-range missiles that they were sort of counting on for this big Taiwan incursion and uh, that they were kind of saber-rattling at India mainly and a little bit at the United States. They were more like more like flexing with America, but saber-rattling at India, that's that's pretty much how where their posture comes from. Yeah, they, the, uh, the engines and the area where the explosives were were filled with water. They discovered it was a big scandal in China that a bunch of the uh, the, the missiles it, that would be very crucial to their national defense and and more to the point, a, the national offense were filled with water. Um, also, their um, their long range missile silos that were buried in the earth. Apparently, the doors on the top of them that are supposed to open automatically. We've all, every time you've mm-hmm. seen a movie about nuclear war, they, yeah, they yeah. it's one of the first things they do. As a matter of yeah. fact, it's how from from satellites now you can tell if something was about to happen. All during the Cold War, one of the things we that made everybody nervous or got us close to something is that they would open the bomb doors, that they would open the missile doors, and uh, apparently uh, they didn't have any mechanism to be opened in the first place. Some of them were welded <laughs> shut, and the ones that did open, you would have to, I suppose, get a bunch of Conan's relatives outside and attach chains to them, and they would just pull them open. I mean, nuts. It's, it's crazy. They, um, n- you know, never mind that they... It, the Huawei thing. Remember the Huawei chip stuff? I don't know if you remember this. That no. Huawei supposedly has had beat American chip sanctions and created a seven nanometer chip that uh, without the U.S. And this was all over the news that China doesn't need Taiwan's you know uh, lithography machines to print these chips. They've got their own technology. We don't need the West. We don't need anything from America. And it turned out that it was a Taiwanese chip. It was. It, it was. All, it, oh, they wow. had bought it. They just bought a bunch of them as the as we were arguing about the sanctions, they bought giant bulks of those chips and then put them in stuff relatively swiftly, uh, literally just painted the name, you know, of, of, the, of one of, their, of the Chinese chip companies over where it was made in in Taiwan. Again, they're sort that's of one way to do it. Yeah. Um, they also, by the way, um, 
their uh, their equivalent of the Apache helicopter, um, which they supposedly made at home. Turns out not only is it a uh, an old like a well Russian slash Soviet design, which is a you know visually a ripoff of the Apache, um, but the engines actually came from a Canadian company that sold them these uh, engines under the table because they uh-huh. wanted because the, and they were fined seventy five million dollars for doing it when they were, when it was discovered. But these uh, the engines that you know, this company wanted the the commercial helicopter contract in China. So to get it to sweeten the deal, they gave them some uh, military uh, engines under the table. Well, I'm embarrassed um, to say that my cup holders are in that thing. Like I didn't know who I was selling to at the time. Right. That's true. Yeah. And, and I've seen several things. The wolf warriors are all wearing John uh, hoodies right now. Yeah. And, uh, it's embarrassing. You know, but they, Sorry, According guys. to them, they made them there, and they designed them there, and it's their idea. Mm-hmm. Just saying. We'll be back right after this. Philip Itner is joining us from <gasps> Kiev in just a moment. Um, <laughs> like, subscribe, give a thumbs up, support the show. Uh, Patreon.com slash HowSparks. We'll be back right after this. So, uh, welcome to the show, Philip Bittner, joining us from Kiev with his uh, painting of uh, Olga of Kiev behind him, and uh, um, and also a mace, just in case the fighting breaks out mm-hmm. anew and gets really, um, really medieval. Um, so. Uh, a couple of, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff to talk about right out of the gate. Um, I have my own mm-hmm. uh, ones, but let's just jump straight in. And also, people, if you have a question for Phil um, about what's going on in Ukraine, please uh, send them to Johnny in the chat at infotainmentwars.com or at twitch.tv slash Sparks or on the Facebook page or on, I suppose, X. I can't call it what I call it on my stream because it's a bad word. Um uh, but, um, yeah, get those ready for him and we'll get to those in just a moment. And I want to thank everybody for the super chats and for supporting the show. Thank you guys so much. The most generous and smart crowd on the interwebs. Uh, also, uh, hit that like, hit that like. All right. Now, so people see this conversation now, if I may, um, the, uh, well, let's just start with how you, how you're doing and what the recent news from there is, because there's obviously a lot of action happening there right now. <clears throat> There is actually uh, a lot of it under the wire, uh, and, and not mm-hmm. not of it none of it momentous. But um, we had uh, the British Prime Minister uh, here uh, yesterday, and he pledged oh. uh, a little over three billion dollars, uh, mm-hmm. the largest contribution in the war's history. Um, mm. Really, kind of an embarrassment to the United States, but the Brits mm. are putting up three billion with a B mm-hmm. uh, dollars, uh, 2.5 British pounds sterling. Uh, mm-hmm. They're going to give them a whole bunch of w- new weapons and a whole bunch of weapons that they haven't had before. Longer range artillery, most notably. 
Um, but it's also just a, it's a you know it's a massive boost in the arm for for Ukraine who's been very worried about what's happening domestically in the United States and our Ukrainian policy and we have been not proving ourselves to be a very reliable partner. Um, mm-hmm. what, what's happening domestically in the United States uh, taking attention away from Ukraine is not lost here. Uh, mm-hmm. The French foreign minister, you know, just to just to add on to that, the French foreign minister was here today. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Baltic states, the Poles, they're all the Europeans do seem to be stepping up. And I don't yep. I can't obviously say uh, because I'm not at in cabinet meetings in various capitals around the European Union, what their motivation is. But, you know, they, they may be seeing the definition, the, the unreliability of the United States and uh, are stepping up because they're, of course, also because Ukraine is on their doorstep. Uh, the fighting uh, continues. Uh, there's been, I mean, you know, this whole idea that there was a spring offensive and then it ended and it wasn't a success because there was a massive, you know, territorial mm-hmm. game by the Ukrainians. I mean, all along, as we've discussed right. on this program many times, mm-hmm. the, the fighting was not limited to a spring offensive. Though The Ukrainians yeah. are going to fight all the way through this winter. They're going to fight mm-hmm. all the way into fall. They'll fight into summer and spring. You know, they're just they're never going to stop taking it to, to Russia. And especially mm-hmm. because if you let the Russians um, settle in, they will build defenses and it'll even be harder. So we've seen some movement around Avdivka, around a town called Limon, which is just north of uh, Bakhmut. Uh, you know, a ter- little territory lost, a little territory gained. Russians, some Russia, there's a Russian uh, uh, unit that's been uh, uh, encircled or almost encircled in a pincer movement. So some good news, some bad news on the front lines, but the, but there is still continued fighting. This this myth that it was only going to be a spring, spring, spring offensive and then both teams, both teams, right. both sides would mm-hmm. settle down for, for the winter. That's just not happening. And, and we no. knew that, those of us who have been paying right. attention here. Yeah. And then thirdly, Unfortunately, uh, a topic I really don't want to talk talk about, but it's unavoidable. Mm-hmm. Uh, an American Peruvian, an American citizen, a Peruvian uh, American citizen, uh, has died mm-hmm. in prison here in Ukraine. He was a he was a vlogger by the name of Gonzalo Lira. Uh, oh, right. Lira Lira is a deeply, deeply problematic individual because he came to Ukraine to do. Basically, what those guys in Romania, whose name escapes me at the moment here, who are doing kind of bro oh, the, videos hey, about hey, how hey, to hey, pick Andrew up Tate? Girl, the Tate brothers, the Tate yeah, yeah. brothers. This yeah. this guy was a kind of a Tate, Tate brother kind of model, although he wasn't, you know, buffed out and all the rest of it. He was a sloppy, long haired kind of hippy dippy uh, lefty guy. I, 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 I'm trying to be respectful. Trying to be respectful right. here because he's 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 also he's he's dead. He's, his yeah. family is is bereaved. Mm-hmm. Um, however, ha- and also, and there's just no way of getting around it, he was in Ukrainian custody, um, right. and he should have been cared for. He should he should not have right. been allowed to die of, of what apparently was double pneumonia. Um, you know, the, the 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 prison system, the penal system, the judicial system here is one area right. of society that needs significant um, reform. But nevertheless, gotcha. he 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 is dead. It is it is sad. There is no two ways around it. It's sad the guy died. But let's let's put a couple of things in perspective here. Gonzalo mm-hmm. Lira came here to do red pill 
how to how to sleep with Ukrainian poor, impoverished Eastern European Ukrainian women. He was right. not a he was not a pleasant human being. Uh, he found in the in the way of Jimmy Dore that um, he could make a lot of money by kind of pushing forward Russian talking yeah. points, and so he did while still in Ukraine. And he did things like docks out. Uh, you know, officers in Ukrainian military units and their movements. And basically, the, the Ukrainians said he was an information warrior. He was not a journalist, which is what he claimed to be. But instead, right. he was, he was revealing military secrets and he was, he was, he was basically putting Ukrainian soldiers' lives at risk. So they arrested him. They then let him out on house arrest. Mm-hmm. And then he tried to flee to Hungary and st- Stupidly, there's no other way to say it. He put a vlog out saying, I'm on the Hungarian border and I'm going to run away from my probation, basically, Uh, which is not the smartest thing. So then the Ukrainians said, well, no, you're not. And they threw him back in jail. And Ukrainian jails are not nice places to be in. I'm, you know, it's mm-hmm. just, again, they need reform. Uh, and he, he got sick and they didn't properly care for him. And it does look like they, he died of double pneumonia from neglect, uh, from the wow. Ukrainian penal system. And there's just no mm-hmm. way around it. Uh, you know, if you love a country or a place or a person or a thing, you have to love them warts and all. And so I will say, mm-hmm. As much as I love Ukraine, this is an area of Ukraine's sure. um, infrastructure and their society that needs desperately needs reform. He should have been cared for as a, as mm-hmm. a, a warden of the state. He should have mm-hmm. been cared for. But but there's a lot of post-Soviet mentality here when it comes to prisons. Um, right. But it's now, of course, now, I mean, Tucker Carlson has already taken advantage of it because he mm-hmm. had interaction with, with Lyra. And right. so now – the tanky left is going to use this against Ukraine and the Ukrainian authorities should have known it and made double sure that this guy saw his day in court and was, and if he was guilty of what he was accused of, which I personally think he was guilty. Uh, He was not a journalist. He was, he was a polemicist at best and a propagandist or an information warrior at worst for the Russians. Mm -hmm. So I have no sympathy for, for, the way he conducted himself in life, but nobody should die in Agreed. prison under yeah. as a warden of the state. So I agree. It's a sad and, day. It's an unfortunate mm-hmm. topic. Um, you know, but it's, as I say, warts and all, you have to take Ukraine yeah. for what it is. And it will only improve once the war is over and the Russians are, are expelled. I am confident of that. And I remain confident. Are you, do confident. you, are, are you under the impression that he was neglected simply because, uh, the prisons are neglectful places, or do you think there's a possibility that they neglected him on purpose because they knew what he was up to, mm. and he, no. you know, they had? No, I think it's more. I think it's far more likely that he was put into the Ukrainian penal system, and it it is it, it has the same Soviet post Soviet mentality that Russia does. I, I've had interaction with law enforcement here. My my apartment sat, unfortunately was burgled, as some may yeah. remember. So I had I've had interaction with um, uh, the judicial system, and there was a guy right. who was caught in my case, and he was sentenced to a, a, a prison term that I. My, I personally, for you know, for for just using a bunch of stolen credit cards, this is which is what the guy did. He found my mm-hmm. wallet. He used some of the credit cards, and they they came down on him like a ton of bricks. I thought that the mm-hmm. term the the prison term was was 
far, far excessive, but there is a mentality in this part of the world. And in particular, mm-hmm. it remains in Russia and it's far worse in Russia. And we can talk about, you right. know, Alexander Navalny, if you want to, at some point as well, because, you know, mm-hmm. he's in, engaged in the Russian system. But there's a mentality in this part of the world, in the post-Soviet world, that if you're if you're in prison, you're there for a reason. You mm-hmm. are presumed guilty, you know, before innocence. Yeah. And also, they're not funded. They're not properly funded. They're not properly right. cared for. There's no. There's. It's. It. When you are a ward of the state, when you are, whether it's an orphanage, an old person's home, a mental facility, or indeed a prison. Um, it, they still have that old Soviet mentality of right. you're a burden on the state, and how dare you? Shame on you! Gotcha. So, so, you, so they don't really don't care. Play, for it. it was it was, it, was tar- it wasn't targeted. This is a, just an overall issue that, that that needs reform in Ukraine. When this is all over, or in the process of doing it, while it's going on at the same time, do you think it'll draw that attention? Do you think that's? Do you think there'll be any kind of news about I it? I don't know or if it, I don't. Because- I don't know if he is going to. I don't know if his death is going to uh, measure on the. Right. Well, I don't think it's going to measure so much domestically within Ukraine because this is. I mean, look, Ukrainians are dying every day, so mm-hmm. a, a Peruvian American guy who went online right. and basically spat in the face of the Ukrainian armed forces while right. living in Ukraine, you know, yeah. and taking well, pictures. Originally came there to pictures. essentially sex traffic women is the idea. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I don't think he's going to right. his his death will have an effect, except right. with the possible exception that. Um, you know, the, 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 the there may US, be some talk and others. West, right. yeah, yep. U.S. and others Agreed. saying like, hey, man, which is not, which is that. a good thing, as it should. Um, we got to take a break. When we come back, um, I do want to talk uh, about um, the uh, apparently this report that the that the Ukrainians are just like knocking aircraft out of the sky at an ex. Extraordinary clip with a huh. secret weapon. We'll be back right after this. Uh, it's the House Parks Radio program, Mega Worldwide, now with 100% more Johnny Million and our dear friend oh. Philip Itner. Follow him, Itner Philip, on the uh, the Twit machine. And then, of course, uh, on threads and everywhere else, uh, go to um, follow Philip Itner. One L, two T's. We'll be back. I know I'm only on one day a week. I get it. I'm going to have to jump on. Uh, garage band starts sawing something together. This is the house bar show. And then a guitar note. And then progressive. And all that. Yeah, it's going to be good. Hey, how? Did you mean something like this? This is the house bar show. And then a guitar note. And then progressive. And all that. Yeah, it's going to be good. The House Parks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Yeah, it's going to be good. So um, there, uh, there's been a lot of uh, blather from some folks about uh, their military prow- prowess in the last uh, 72 hours. The Houthis said they shot down an F, uh, what, an F-22, which, uh, for the record, they did not do. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, not, not even close. Like, it's, it's silly. As a matter of fact... In the Houthi attacks, and I'm I, I'm curious, Phil, in your experience with the Iraq War and Afghanistan and other places like that, the um, specifically to minimize civilian casualties, the the UK and the US took extra risks in that they did not just send in Tomahawk missiles to all these sites; they flew planes over these sites 
lasered the site and targeted them with planes in the area. Now, one of the reasons is because the Houthis do not have the ability to shoot down an airplane. Um, they can fire missiles in the sky, but nothing. they don't have anything that will track. They don't have heat-seeking missiles that are fast enough to catch a jet or any of these things. They uh, And so beyond the fact that they absolutely did not shoot one down, the U.S. No. felt safe enough to fly thousands of miles um, and they, you know, they circled around these sites for a long time before they mm-hmm. fired on these places. They were like they were in the air, in the air over some of these Houthi sites for an hour. You could see them. Um, and Dang. again, you get that's some bug out time. And, and that's why they're the Houthis are saying that only five people died in these attacks. Five mm. people like and 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 the idea that any of them were civilians is kind of ridiculous or whatever. But the Russians currently in all this. While they're getting uh, drone support from Iran, which they have done, as the as do the Houthis, by the way, this is another big uh, you know client state. The Houthis are, are you know clients of Iran, the same way Russia is in terms of this, and they've got their uh, their UAVs in the in the air, the ones that sound like a moped and can be shot down with conventional <laughs> gunfire. Um, <laughs> the the Russians can't or won't or don't imagine. Or, or fear the idea of, uh, at least up to this point, of trying to get air superiority. And I guess they come too late to the game mm. because one of these uh, weapons that the, you know, uh, the I will say outright that the U.S. has given Ukraine to use but not talk about um, said they uh, uh, this is Zelensky. This is Zelensky's quote on this. Partners have provided us with some long-range weapons. I won't say what, but our partners will understand. With it, we destroyed 26 helicopters in a day and 12 <laughs> planes that took off and attacked with missiles against which these systems are working. We destroyed 12 at once. We just had the means. 12 planes at once with a barrage of whatever this yeah. heat-seeking missile system, this anti-aircraft system that we provided them this is the u.s this is a u.s system no question about it but they're you know it's one of those like shit take these bananas it was one of those moments um (laughs) right (laughs) um fans of damon wayans will know exactly what i'm talking about um Mm -hmm. but the fact that they're talking about in this process 12 airplanes in one fell swoop and 26 helicopters in a day Yep. Helicopters have like if they're if, if, if they're just running stuff, they have two well trained pilots that are hard to train up. Flying a helicopter is very difficult, and getting a good helicopter pilot takes a long time. And so to lose two of mm-hmm. them is terrible. They're usually too close to the ground for people to parachute out, and that's there's that whole thing of the blender above you that would just chew you up if you if you did have some sort of ejection system. Some of them do, but most of the time doesn't work out that way. They're too close to the ground; they just crash. Um, but twenty six, and that, and then the rest yeah. of the time they have eight or ten soldiers in them, or a general, or yeah. supplies, or any number of really important things. Mm-hmm. 26 in 24 hours and 12 planes at once. Yep. There's something new here. There's yeah. definitely something new here. I, 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 you know, there has been speculation that there are F-16s um, right. that are here. 
and that are in the skies. Uh, that's certainly possible. Uh, it would be, I mean, one of the advantages of the F-16 is that you can f- fire at a number of different targets from a very far distance. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would make sense. Miles away. Yeah. 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 Miles away using, a, and, and you can have one plane, one F-16 in the air that has uh, or different ordnance on the wings, one to deal with something like a helicopter, which flies at a very different kind of flight pattern and elevation mm-hmm. as a jet uh, or speed. And then, you know, also the F-16 can have on that same platform, on that same mm-hmm. plane, you can have ship to, sh- uh, you know, air-to-air missiles that'll take right. out, you know, jets and things like that. So the, the I could see it being an F six the the F sixteens are already here and, and right. we're starting to be, see the effect of it, but it's also possible that there's you know another another anti air um, some sort of patriot esque Iron Dome sort of kind patriot. of situation that just yeah. doesn't have a a, a, a declassified name yet, but probably by the end of the war there'll be you know all the you know the. The mill bloggers all over the world will, you know, will be talking about its use in the battle of what you call it, you know, depending on where it was, you know, Abdika, Kherson, yeah. something like that. Um, I mean, it's a yeah. That, they also that is a they also took out they also plane. took it is, and they also uh, took out the latest generation of anti aircraft uh, radar that the mm-hmm. Russians have. So the Russians have this new system that they say can. <clears throat> spot things from wherever and provide, you know, identification and targeting uh, for anti-aircraft. And they were very, very proud of these things. And then the Ukrainians are like, yeah, but you didn't properly defend them on the ground. So mm-hmm. we knew where they were with a bunch of drones and we were able to target them. So we knocked right. them out, you know. Uh, look, the air war is – Definitely intensified. It does seem there does seem to be an advantage on the Ukrainian mm-hmm. side. And that is going to provide cover for ground troops. Um, we've seen a lot of activity on the ground. Uh, there's a great, well, I say there's great, there's an amazing video that was uh, dropped just today of two Ukrainian Bradleys that we gave them, our Bradley yeah, fighting right. vehicles, which Taking are taking out tanks. Yeah, absolutely out, out outperforming. I mean, just mm-hmm. just really impressive what these things are doing yeah. and what the Ukrainians are doing with them. Yeah, taking out a tank. You know, two infantry fighting vehicles or armored personnel carriers, whichever you want to term you want to use. Yeah, taking out a tank. It's not supposed to happen. Tank. The no. tank is supposed to be the just the absolute juggernaut yeah, the, of, it's the, the, it's the of the pinnacle of, of yeah, it, yeah of, of moving it's, armament it's supposed, right and, and compared to a thing that weighs half of its tonnage mm-hmm. uh okay albeit two of them uh taking them out i mean that's just it's mm-hmm. uh, it's another indication that the ukrainians are just the the, the kits better uh, generally mm-hmm. for the most part and the ukrainians are using them better so uh, right. Both in the air and on the ground, we're seeing we're seeing uh, advantages. And then with this announcement by the UK just yesterday mm-hmm. or recently that they're going to start getting uh, long range artillery, that means there's a very 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 good chance that the uh, Crimea the, the the Kerch Bridge, the bridge that connects yeah um, um, Crimea to mainland um, 
Russia across the strait there uh, might be uh, within artillery distance or 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 some form of artillery well there's you know and and there arises we're going to get uh by the way everybody's questions after the next break mm-hmm. so get them ready and send them over johnny million's got a few for you already um but we'll do it when sure. we come back from this break but um one of the other stories that caught my eye was uh this uh uh igor gherkin um, mm. who's in jail. He's a, uh, you know, he calls himself a Russian nationalist. He's certainly not necessarily a good guy. He's just mm-hmm. kind of anti Putin, I suppose in that regard, but it's not cause he would be, he's not, a, he's not to the, to the left of Alexei Navalny or something like that necessarily, but he's of the opinion. I mean, it's hard to say on their, whatever their standard is my point, but, um, he helped annex Crimea 2014. Um, he, according to well, him, he was the he was the head of. Just to clarify, he yeah. was the head of the Donbass uh, militia. So he is right. actually a, a, a he's from man. Donbass, but he's a, he's a Russian nationalist. But he was he was the head of the Donbass militia, and then he right. it was a catastrophe his leadership, and so he he fled back to to Russia. So that's mm-hmm. the kind of guy this is, and he's now well, and also right, and he uh, writing from prison says by, you know, his estimation as far as his knowledge of the troops or whatever, and I think the quote is, uh, um, he's forecast that the army will soon run out of men, leaving Russia with no forces yes. to push forward with the invasion of Ukraine. Huh. Yeah, he's he's saying there are no men to be called up. There are not enough. You know, there's just they couldn't manage to do it. And especially because Putin can't do it before they go before the elections. We got to take a break. We'll be back right after this uh, with your questions in the chat room at infotainmentwars.com. We don't need the documents. We got everything memorized. And of course, uh, twitch.tv slash Hal Sparks. Uh, we'll be back. Welcome back to the Hal Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. So uh, obviously uh, that Gherkin fell is in a pickle. I said it during the break, and we had to get it off. We had to. Everybody had to just like it's like it's it's like a zit that needs to be popped. Shame you can't. That's awful. Shame I know. I'm ashamed of myself, you. but I don't take it back. I do not. No, you know why? Because I'm. I regret dad, nothing. I'm allowed. I'm allowed one dad joke a year. You're welcome. There you go. So um, wow. Now, I uh, save we, them all up for this show. <laughs> Thanks. Well, who's your daddy, Johnny Million? I think that's the question hey that was next on my mind. Hey, now. So uh, um, you made reference uh, also, Philip Bittner, to um, the fire in St. Petersburg right now. I'm yes. trying to show that on the thing. Good Lord. 70,000 yeah. square meters. That's their recording. The damage from the fire may amount to uh, about uh, 10 to 11 billion rubles, which is like $12 in change. That's rough. And um, and about thousand a thousand people were in the warehouse at the time of the fire. No casualties are reported. I've been reported. I'm sure they're fine standing outside in sub zero temperatures. Um, I mean, obviously, they're being kept warm. They just stand in the right place, I suppose. But their infrastructure, their infrastructure is falling apart. Yeah. Their infrastructure, and, and, and there's a lot of people that are that are um, predicting that 2024, we're going to see a lot more of Russian infrastructure falling apart, yeah. and you know, also that because we'll see that it already has too. Well, the sorry, reports, sorry, sorry. you know, there's well, still I mean, reports not coming out as ex- well. The, yeah. yeah, this fire in Petersburg is just a prime example of it. We've had we've had fires and explosions at 
um, heating plants in Moscow. There, there's mm-hmm. districts in Moscow in the capital that are literally freezing. That are that are that have I've no told people, heating. I've told heating. people many times. Everybody owes uh, Val Kilmer an apology for not watching his version of the Saint. Because this could have all been avoided if we'd mm-hmm. just taken the plot of that movie seriously. <laughs> Go watch it again. It's shocking. It's shocking how like how prescient it is. It's weird. Yeah. 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 Um, let's grab some yeah. questions though before yeah. I get yeah. into it again or you get into it again. Let's say, Johnny, what we got? Our first question, Connie Kelly. Hey, Johnny, can you ask if Philip? Can you ask Philip if the Russian drones are getting worse of the Ukrainian electronic warfare signal jamming? It's getting significantly better. Mm-hmm. Uh, the drone war is uh, the Russians have made improvements. The Russians have mm-hmm. learned from their mistakes. They're they're developing new systems, um, and it is it really is when it comes right down to it. This war of who can get a drone system and a drone infrastructure, a drone strategic plan that mm-hmm. supersedes the uh, the anti-drone technology, the anti-electronic mm-hmm. measures, countermeasures. Um, and for now, it looks like there's almost parity. Uh, the Russians had advanced, but it looks like the Ukrainians are making advancements in how they conduct not just with the technology that they have, although that is significant, and they've also brought down the cost, so they can make massive fleets of these drones. The Ukrainians oh, have, right? And um, and, and so they're they're the, the Ukrainians are stepping up in what their drone technology is. They're also doing their own version of electronic countermeasures, but the Russians still seem to have a slight advantage over uh, the Ukrainians when it comes to countermeasures. But we'll, you know, we'll see how that goes. This is an entirely new, you know, new kind of war with drones. So we'll see. I I still, uh, as I say, I think they're almost at parity and I'm hoping the the Ukrainians um, who are, you know, very smart in what they do with these things uh, will, will win over, over the Russians, but let's not underestimate the enemy. Right on. Can I squeeze in another question here? Yeah, please. This one's a little lighter. It's from Shovel. Is the Ukraine still managing to play a little hockey? (laughs) First of all, it's not the Ukraine. It's Ukraine. Ukraine's a country. The Ukraine is the territorial name for it. Yeah. It's yeah. very Russian it's to do that. Him, Jimmy Dore calls it the Ukraine all the yeah. time. It's it's a, it ain't yeah. out. It ain't I'll, out. I'll call yeah, it no, the I mean, Ukraine. Like Dore does it. Dore does it on purpose. I'll bet. I bet. I bet he actually. Well, I don't know. He's pretty much an idiot. So it's possible. And shovels enough with the, the mayor. I did. It was uh, okay. Fair enough. Awesome. Anyhow, regardless, getting off the point. Uh, yes. Yeah. They're, 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 no, they're still playing. You know, sports. Uh, <clears throat> the hockey, of course, is a huge sport. And boxing is enormous. Uh, what we call soccer, what the Europeans call football, uh, mm-hmm. they're still preparing for the Olympics. I, I call you it know, this leads- <laughs> I got to say, fo- uh, football is a way um, better description of it. Considering yeah, of in football, it it's all about your hands, and the only one guy kicks it. I don't think you can use that as the standard. Yeah, but what has yeah. what 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 has what has also in the world of sport. 
uh, become very contentious is that the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, has agreed to let the the Russians in, uh, participate in the, in, in the next Olympics. And of course, the, the Ukrainians are like, you know, look, you know, these you 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 can't just turn a blind eye to the fact that and a lot of these athletes athletes are very of course patriotic and all the rest of it so they're going out there with their little z you know right. supporting russia's invasion symbol but uh, I, I and what happens say when a ukrainian of, and a russian you know are are pitted against one competing another competing against each other well curiously uh-huh. enough one of the um i i think it was a ice skater a ukrainian ice skater was uh, performing this week or whatever, and they did their um, performance. Their uniform had a blood splatter uh, on the chest of it as an insignia. Like this is yeah, what we're wow. you know while I'm doing this, I'm aware that you know I'm yeah. my my people are at home fighting against this. It was the design was literally a, a, like a like they'd been shot, and they were trying to make the yeah. case that you know this is I'm not doing this unaware of what my country's going through. Whereas the Russians yeah. are like putting a Z on their stuff and going, this is going great. Eggs yeah, yeah. are eggs, eggs have never been cheaper in Russia. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's it's so distasteful as well. It's just really and it, it, it does show that everything permeates it, it, for a Ukrainian. They're not going right. to separate athletics from the war. And if they're competing right. or if, you know, they have to compete against a Russian, that's going to be part of it um, mm-hmm. because th- this is their life. This is they're living this and it permeates every level of their life, including right. athletics. And by the way, uh, I, the egg reference I was making is because um, the uh, avian flu issue that we had in the United States over a year ago that that drove up egg prices in the United States and in, and in some of our allies. Our allies did a little better because we warned them about it and and, and they took measures. The Russians and the and the Turkish uh uh, leadership both decided nah why bother and uh, now eggs are super expensive and even turkey didn't have them to give to russia which was his backup plan mm-hmm. and so guess what he's doing he's blaming uh the business leaders for price gouging you, you remember that talking point he's blaming his mm-hmm. own folks on that never mind the fact that they just didn't have the government structure there to Simply do inspections to make sure you're, you know, you're isolating a pathogen so your chickens don't die in a situation where you don't have that many farmers to begin with. Maybe you shouldn't have sent your inspectors over to die in the Donbass for nothing. (laughs) Just a thought. Okay, Uh, we got three minutes before the break. So if you want to do one more question, we'll see if we can. I've got one from Eric. The, what are Phil and Slash House thoughts on Ukrainian Bradley taking out the Russian T ninety? Yeah, this that's is what, what we were, about we were talking about earlier. Yeah, 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 that's what I was wondering. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. Those machines are. I tell you what, if we really wanted to do something very simple that we could do with, with that wouldn't take a lot of effort, just take all of our Bradleys out of mothball and just send them over mm-hmm. here. I mean, just yep. all of them. All you know, uh, yeah, I think that things. Bradley Cooper. The example, the example I would argue with those is, is the equivalent of us, of um, it, for whatever reason, giving transport helicopters um, like the Huey to the to the Ukrainians and having them use them more successfully as battle aircraft than the the Blue Thunder of Russia. If that makes sense, it is that is that is what it's like. If you put them up against each other and they're wiping the floor with these kind of like. 
it's, you know, black it's turning out to be. Fires. Yeah, it's yeah, weird. The, Brad, the, the, it, the, the, the M2 Bradley is turning out to be one of the best systems that we sent to Ukraine, yeah. and they are doing an amazing job, and the Ukrainians love them. They, they, yeah. And also because their soldiers can survive. So we yeah. need to send more of those, in my opinion. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, let's uh, grab another question. Yeah. yeah. Sure. I've got one from Doc in Paradise. Um, there are rumors of faster, quieter Iranian drones. Is that true, do you think? Uh, uh, I would be surprised if it not was Iranian. No, not yeah. the Shahids. And, and I, I don't think I, – I, you know, look, Iran is not at the cutting edge of drone no. technology. They got, they got that stuff. A lot of it, they, they, you know, de-engineered, you know, yeah. Yeah. They were, um, yes. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Russians are uh-huh. developing stuff that are maybe based on something Iranian, but the Iranian themselves, I, I don't think they're providing. Yeah, I think there's, but there's a higher chance that if they secret. got anything, they got it from China. And, and again, they've been using what are effectively, you know, like uh, agricultural drone copters that are meant to drop seed and fertilizer to drop munitions and the like. That's the closest that they would get. And those things aren't as noisy as the Shaheds, for example, because they have a smaller electric motor, but they also don't have the range. So the the Shaheds don't have to be quiet because they don't use the Shaheds against uh, the frontline troops. They use them against civilian centers as a terror weapon. That's right. And it's the same thing they use, uh, you know, that they, that Iran uses against, you know, separatists like Saudi related groups in their region and stuff. They they kind of want you to be scared of the noise and and keep you up at Part night. Point. So they'll they'll fly them around making yeah. a lot of noise because they can't 100%. do anything about it. Yeah. So um, anyways, let's take a break. We'll come back right after this uh, with a bit of a happy ending, actually, and a couple more of your Yay. questions. It's the House Park Radio program mega worldwide on WCPT Radio, Chicago's progressive talk. I am happy, you are happy, let us be happy together, whether the weather is cloudy or sunny, I will always be a funny honey bunny, I am lucky, you are lucky, let us get lucky together, whether the weather is cloudy or breezy, I'll be there to say, hey, come on, let's take it easy, because isn't it nice to have the friends that you do, and isn't it nice that the sky is so blue, and isn't it nice to say I love you, chugga chugga choo choo, woo I am smiling, you are smiling, let us smile together, whether the weather is cloudy or stormy, I will still be there in the morning, I'll be right by your side in the morning, I'll make you breakfast in the morning, I hope that you like cereal. Yay! <laughs> Hooray! I, I, you know, I, it's, uh, it's always a tough thing when we're, um, when we're talking about a happy ending, yep. where uh, I, I want those, the happy ending to be kind of like without... A downside without somebody being on the receiving end of it as much as I enjoy schadenfreude um, you know and stuff so I couldn't make like a happy ending necessarily although I do think it's hilarious and fun that Donald Trump's uh, like caucus is going to be gacked up with snow like the football mm-hmm. games are today um, because he's a moron and it never occurred to him that first in the nation in the areas of the worst weather often is not smart it's not a smart start just not a smart start um, and I would like to say just real quick um, I brought up earlier, there's a report from South Korea that Hamas is using North Korean missiles and, you know, and, and arms uh, in their war with Israel. And it's been, you know, discovered and they went through that. And this, you know, there'll be more of that coming out, I have no doubt. But, you know, again, it's interesting that the arms that are showing up via Russia in, you know, in Ukraine 
and in this in this particular area, and that the Houthis have their hands on, all kind of have the same sort of genesis, as it were. You know, that there's a big alignment in this, you know. But I would also like to... Um, almost like an axis. No, it's almost like an axis of something not good. I'll, I'll think of a better name one day. <laughs> um, this one right here um, is kind of good news. I brought this up earlier, and I do think it's good news. The, there is so much corruption in the Chinese military that they found out recently that some of their long-range, a good portion of them by their long-range <laughs> missiles, that were full of water instead of fuel. So they they couldn't obviously launch unless they were based on a water balloon technology, I suppose. But um, so China has dusted off a bunch of their <laughs> big leadership. And um, <laughs> yes. And, and you remember those old, is, those old those old those old those uh, old rockets that we used to pump? Yes. With water. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, it's like yeah. they're super 70s, super army. Baby. They're going to, yeah, they're going to yeah. go to war just like, and if, by the way, if they were fighting the aliens in alien nation and they filled them with salt water might be an effective weapon. But in this particular case, it's really, really silly. And it has resulted in Xi Jinping killing several members of the upper levels of the uh, Chinese military. The, the PLA, um, which is really scary and awful and, and nuts at the same time because their their corruption is so targeted that it was discovered. They wanted to do some missile tests and they went out and tried it. And they I don't know why they the engines wouldn't start. It's weird. But um, uh, the good side, the upside is that because of that, people are starting to rethink the idea that China will be able to attack Taiwan anytime soon, even though Taiwan just elected, a, a, a you know, a a much more democracy-friendly government or a continuation of their democracy-friendly government instead of siding with China over that. So I think that's a bit of good news. Anywhere where war is pushed off farther and maybe made impossible, I think that counts. That counts yep. as a happy ending, right? Yeah. Here. No, so there you it. go. Um, all for it. I, I don't really have a happy ending as such. I have my, I'm showing my little new coasters. I got my new, this is, what does this say? It says, uh, Good evening. We're from Ukraine, and it's a Ukrainian uh, girl Woman with dancing, uh, the the dancing. No, no, with the, with the dancing spinning guns. girl, but she's got two handguns, um, right. which is kind of silly. Uh, but if there if there is a happy ending from this week, I, I think it's that the Europeans Europeans are stepping are up, yeah. are stepping up um, in defense. By should, the way, of America, I would like to say should. that we stepped up early and heavy. And yeah. and Joe Biden, knowing because he has to deal with Mike Johnson and MTG and all these idiots and, and because they have this hair's breadth lead in the House that they have to get some stuff through, which really isn't going to do much. Front loaded it knowing this would be an issue as best he could and then right. has been working with Blinken and with uh, our European partners to go, OK, you guys. We'll front load it, and then you guys pick up the slack afterwards. So there's no loss of consistency, and there hasn't been for the most part. So no, fingers crossed. No, there, there, there hasn't. But uh, and I understand that. I truly do. I really do, yeah. actually. But I still yeah. also think that um, we have a good thing going with with Ukraine, and we should have I a agree. good partnership with them. And we re and we really do. I mean, Milley, you know, General Milley was right when he spoke to 60 Minutes, uh, you know, a month or two ago. If if the war is not conducted here, there is every chance in the world that it will spill over. And 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 you know, we and we've also had some well, it really is. It, well, I was just about to say, I was there. We've had we have some very good 
you know, former generals and geopolitical yeah. experts who are saying that the spillage, it's already starting to happen. We're seeing it in information warfare. We're seeing it in the other conflicts around the world, right. not least of which in the Gulf and, and, and in, uh, in, in uh, Gaza. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, if we do not stop the Russians here fully, full stop, and and mm-hmm. and rightfully so because this is the la- this is where the line needs to be drawn because right you know if not this line then it'll be the next line and the next mm-hmm. and the next and as such I saw a great cartoon this morning a friend sent me and he said and the cartoon was a a, a U.S. soldier standing mm-hmm. at the foot of the bed of a, a GOP elephant and saying I'm the ghost of U.S. soldiers. Um, you know, future dead if you don't mm, wow. start supporting right. Ukraine. And it's 100% right because if, if, if the Russians continue to destabilize the world and, 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 and with the, uh, the implicit, uh, the means to do it. Yeah. And, and the war, and I'm not going to say uh, American soldiers would be sent to a war in Europe, but a mm-hmm. renewed authoritarian, autocratic, imperial Russia. That is emboldened by a victory in Ukraine will continue. It will not stop. It will worsen and they will destabilize places all around the globe. And mm-hmm. ultimately there will be American soldiers that are dead. If right. we do not, I'm sorry, just cut them off at the knees, the Russians, when it comes to well, that's the, them you know, trying that, to rebuild again, their empire. I think there's an argument that that's exactly what is happening. If you take and yes, even with a grain of salt, the the assessment that they're going to run out of soldiers, the 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 Avdivka death toll is just unfathomable on those mm-hmm. elements. You know the, the the and again, considering the you know the attention that you know that uh, Israel and Gaza is getting in this particular instance, and then the Russians, apropos of nothing, have have slaughtered. 370,000 of their own people. They're going to hit half a million by summer if they even have them. That's the question. And, and, and you could argue that part of the reason it's a sign that we, that our support of Ukraine is actually working and our support of, you know, uh, our allies support of them is actually working, that they are having to try and find these needle points outside where they are literally negotiating with Iran and saying, you know, set Hamas off the chain right now. We know it's just a matter of when, not if, you know, tell them to go ahead and we'll supply you with, you know, an exchange like they'll make financial deals. And there's folks. There's proof this there's proof this week that the DPRK, we've got missiles coming in from the DPRK in Korea. North Korean missiles are definitely here. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I I hear all of this, but it's just it's so disheartening uh, in some ways. Well, not disheartening, but I mean, the fact the Brits are the ones who are, are now the largest contributors financially to Ukraine in this entire war. Uh, in in one go is well know, in direct uh, yeah well one direct I know I know I know all the caveats I know all the caveats I'm just saying um, well, we yeah, no, that would I think that that backs up my idea that they are filling in the gap that they are yeah no rushing to fill in that side let's grab a couple more questions it also ticks me off about the it also ticks me off with the GOP using domestic politics. Absolutely. You know, Ukrainians die every day and it's the GOP Mm -hmm. doesn't care. Anyhow, go ahead. Sorry. 
Right, so this is from uh, from Andrea, and it kind of jumped in in the middle of a conversation that we were having earlier, where uh, mm-hmm. she asked, "Could it be stealth fighter jets?" Question mark explains why we aren't why we aren't seeing what is taking them down in the sky. So that applies to something. It would be that would be an F F thirty five is is our yeah. stealth fighter, and, I, and we're not going to give them the stealth. We're yeah. not giving them stealth fighters. I think I really do think what it is is well that would I, be I us know. shooting I, stuff I, down. This would not be gear we would give to the Ukrainians. Yes, also yes, also mm. this is not gear we would give to the Ukrainians, and it's not gear we're that not, we would, we're we're not would, fighting in that. We zone. would not put Ukrainian pilots in those vehicles. We would that 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 is U.S. only. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know for sure. And I, I'm sure there are some, you know, military wonk guys who like all they do is just read Jane's, you know, armor, right. limited, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and digest every spec and every, every, you know, everything. But I, I definitely think this could be F-16s. And part of the reason why the Ukrainians were so eager to get F-16s is because you can engage with Russian right. troops and air, for, air assets before they even know you're there. Mm-hmm. And that fits this kind of profile. So I think it could be F-16s, but it could be some other, you know, system that, that I'm not aware of. I'm, I, I, again, I am not, I am not a, um, a military kind of like every little right. know, bit sure. and, and piece, but. You know, there is one last I question that yeah, I, I yeah, do want to squeeze in sure. here Quick one. from yeah. uh, Gino. How can Russia afford to maintain over 3000 nuclear missiles? They can't. They? Yeah. Can't. Yeah. They can't. And we should be worried about that. We really should. Yeah. Um, and not, to, and because, and, you know, the maintenance is a big part of it, the sale, security, all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they've, they've pulled out of every major arms treaty that we have with them. So we should be concerned about that. And we should yeah. be concerned about the potential disintegration goes- of the Russian Federation. You know, That's but, right. Uh, Turning no, into Moscovia, which is now it's being but, called all all over online. I'm hearing people refer to Russia now be. as Moscovia. Moscovia. Which is, it should be. Yeah, which is should be. really curious. Um, we're yeah. almost out of time. Yeah. I want to remind everybody, uh, check out Philip Bittner's uh, vlogs on his YouTube channel. And, of course, follow Johnny Million. On, it's Johnny Million on YouTube and Twitch. And, of course, thank you guys for being here. Like, subscribe, give a thumbs up, support the show. Next Saturday, uh, Sexy Liberal San Francisco. Uh, and hey. then kick off the, the year tour of Sexy Liberal with me, Stephanie Miller, John Fugelsang, and yeah. Frangela. It's going to be a great That's time. That's my hometown, uh, man. I can give you all it's, sorts of recommendations. Oh, go to Tommy's know. out. In the, go to Tommy's no, Mexican my, restaurant out in the my Richmond. My two favorite I Chinese restaurants it. are there. My, Summer and I go Ooh. every time. Yangtze, Yang which is for dim sum. Ooh. And then, of course, House of Nanking. Uh, which is yeah. uh, and if yeah, you were a drinking man, I'd say, and if you're a drinking man, I'd say go to the top of the mark in the Mark Hopkins Hotel. But I'd say go anyhow and just have a tea or a, a non-alcoholic. This is a view. Great amazing. idea. Have fun in I San insist. Francisco. Thank you so much. It'll be colder than Iowa. Um, and uh, so, anyways, uh, go ahead, Nikki Haley. Uh, win Iowa so that we don't have to worry about any of you. Um, <laughs> cheers. Uh, thanks so much. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you, Chicago. Uh, we'll see you soon. Stay warm.